Father God, that you would bless the sharing of your words, your truth, from your word, Father, for your glory, your gospel, the good news of your love, your greatness, Father God, for your sovereign. Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Barakritos, Aman. Brothers and sisters, I was going to uh, share one thing, but the Spirit is taking me a different direction and, and put me into this um, as I was doing my study with, I shared with you that uh, one of the pastors that I listen to frequently and often because he is an awesome, awesome man of God and speaks truth from the word of God and I have tried his spirit and his spirit is like iron it's um, it's awesome and he is speaking on messages from Jesus Christ to John on the island of Patmos to the seven churches remember I've shared with you already that that the vision that John was given in the beginning of Revelation was uh, Jesus Christ speaking to John and John was addressing letters from Jesus Christ to the angels of the churches and remember that angels and that terminology is Bible speak for pastors and hopefully I wasn't confusing the last time I talked about this is that uh, what reason would Jesus Christ have to for John to write a letter to angels because Jesus could speak to them he was the captain of the hosts of heaven. I mean, there was no reason to have him have John write letters to his own angels. Um, angels is a terminology used for the ministers and pastors of churches here on earth. They're sometimes called shepherds and sometimes called the angels of the church. And those letters that John was writing are to the angels of the church or to the pastors to share with their congregation to try to... Um, exhort them to stay upright and truthful. And in part of that um, teaching, it was uh, very interesting that um, that he was writing to the, uh, to the angel to the church of Pergamos, which was at that time uh, an absolute, um, it's also called the <laughs> uh, Satan city because there were so many temples and so many uh, buildings that were up to the false gods and the many Roman deities that were there. And um, it, was, uh, it was very, very interesting. Um, the worship to those false gods. And there were many temples that were built there and those temples were uh, uh, for healing, and they were in worship to the false gods. Um, Asclepius was a false god that was uh, the temples, the buildings that were built to him, and he was... uh, thought to be the the uh, god and deity of healing so uh, one might look and say that those were the first hospitals um, but they they worshiped this deity and they called him uh, Asclepius the savior 
wow. Um, and very interesting is that the symbol for this false god was the coiled snake up his scepter. Interesting, and pause for wonder and thought. And um, in that also comes, in Greek mythology, you know that uh, the Greeks called him Hermes and the Romans called him Mercury. He was the winged messenger of the gods. He was also known to be a trickster. Um, he was supposed to be in favor of wealth, good fortune, commerce, fertility. Um, but some people say because of the scepter and the coiled snakes, and it was seen that he carried this, and sometimes in depictions he is holding that as his scepter. Interesting, and wrongly, this is... Um, he is thought to be the patron saint of doctors and the protector of physicians. And they have taken this thing called the caduceus. And that has become the symbol of medicine. And that's because it comes from the city of Pergamos. And it was the symbol of Asclepius a false god, and that was his symbol that was on this building. And these buildings and the temples that sick people came to and they they worshipped this god, this false god, and that symbol was taken through time and has progressed to this time. And you'll see it on many uh, doctors' business cards, and sometimes you'll even see it on the buildings, this caduceus. He was not a protector of physicians, uh, Greek mythology says that Mercury or Hermes, if anything, he favored thieves and liars and tricks. I mean, he was a trickster. He used to play tricks on, on the gods in mythology all the time. They spoke to this. I, I took classes on Greek mythology in school. found it kind of fascinating. But um, at any rate, he was a trickster. He was pulling pranks on the gods all the time. And this is what Mercury, Hermes, is about. This gives you pause to wonder. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I've shared before that there are many good physicians and there are many that are Christian, claiming to be Christian, and they pray and they, they believe that God is real. And there are many that have belief in Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, and they have faith in God. And they believe that the knowledge and wisdom that they have in order to perform their jobs and to do what they have to do comes from God. And they honor God for that. But there are many out there who follow after this uh, Asclepius, and, and uh, they're thieves and tricksters, and they, my goodness gracious, they prescribe medication that is so terrible for people and they don't even think about the side effects or anything that goes with that. They just prescribe it because in their arrogance, they're the answer and they know all. Well, that's not true. So having said that, I'm going to jump back up here to um, 
to the book of Numbers. And you're going to kind of, you'll, you'll get an understanding of where I'm going in here. Um, I'm, I'm sharing with the book of Numbers because we have an interesting an interesting tie in here in Pergamos, the, the, the false doctrines and false teachings and, and things that were going on there and that you have that same issue that happened with Israel in Numbers 22 when uh, Balak had become frightened because Israel was coming out of Israel and he had heard messages were brought to everything that was done and everything that came before Israel um, because of their blessings of God and he was afraid of Israel and he had heard of Balaam, Balaam being a man that worshiped God and Balak and his arrogance and his attitude thinking that he could bribe Balaam to come and curse Ezreal. And there in, in Numbers 22, you can, you can go through uh, several places that was the encounter between Balak and Balaam and, and the messengers that Balak sent and also I find very interesting in here, I've shared with you before about the parabolic speech of Jesus Christ that he brought before the Sanhedrin. And um, he also spoke in parables to the people and also used the term, they that have ears, let them hear. We're talking about spiritual ears. And through Numbers 22, I find that there are several locations in here that talks about uh, God's parabolic speech. Where did Jesus Christ learn parables? From his father. Many of us, our worldly father, our earthly fathers, my earthly father was a pretty intense handy guy. And having been risen, raised through the Depression era, he didn't break a lot of stuff. When you go in, you destroy houses and tear them down and things are broken and destroyed. I mean, he he had a habit of collecting things. And in the basement, this man collected pipes and fittings. And of course, back in those days, uh, the pipes were different and hardware was different. The guy hardly ever had to go to the hardware store, would find tools and things that he could repair or he'd fix. So you learn from your earthly father. I learned from my earthly father, but now my heavenly father is teaching me things and, and giving me word to share and blessing me to bless other people. And I have to remind them that those blessings come from him. And I do, I remind you of that, brothers and sisters, that, that my word is God's word. My business is being about my father's business and I'm speaking about my heavenly father. God gives me these things. The Spirit led me to this. I was gonna, I was gonna go into this thing, borrowing from my, my lesson that I had. But the Spirit brought me here, and we have the confrontation. 
you might call it a confrontation because there's a lot of dissension between Balaam and Balak, actually, and Balaam being uh, a man of God and Balak of the Moabites sent messengers to him to try to bribe him, said, you take him this and you take him that and, and convince him to come here and curse Israel. And Balak responded, he, he let the messengers stay with him for the night and, uh, you know, stay here, rest, eat, and then you go back. He said, I, I, can't, I can't do this. And there were times that God came and he spoke to Balaam. And during the night when they were sleeping and, and God came and said, who are these men that are with you? And God had conversations with uh, Balaam. Balaam talked with God. I mean, that's the way it was back in the time that God would come and, and speak. And uh, they were trying to get him to come back. And th this is the arrogance of men, that thinking that they could bribe or that their wealth and things would outdo God. We have to remember that God has limitless resource for anything, brothers and sisters. The blessings that God bestows on us come from a limitless supply. All we have to do is ask and believe. But these, this arrogant Balak, this arrogant king, sent messengers to try to entice Balaam to come with promises of wealth. And Balaam told him and told them, you go back. I can't curse a people that are blessed of the God that I believe in. I can't do that. And so he sent them back. And Balak sent more messengers. And they came and they offered him more. And God told Balaam that you will not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. And Balaam kept telling them, I can't do this. And my God refuses to give me the leave to come to do that. So they got up and they went back to Balak again. And he sent more princes. Uh, the Bible speak for governors, different regions. Um, and they came back. And he tried to say, I'll promote you to very great honor. And I'll make you able to have whatever you want, whatever you say. Come and give me peace, please, in my heart. Come and curse this people. And he told them yet again, Though I'm given a house full of silver and gold, I can't do this thing. I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God. I can't do more or less than what he tells me to do. You go ahead and stay here, eat and rest. And then God came back to Balaam. And he said, you get up and you go as if you're going to go with them. And tell them that you can't do it. 
But here's the thing. This time, Balaam did not wait. He went ahead and he went with them. God, God told him to get up and as if he was going to go, but he didn't wait. <coughs> Pardon me. And he put a saddle on his ass and he went with them. And God was upset about that. And some of you might remember this story. This is when God gave utterance to the ass to speak and spoke as a man. Why did this happen? Because the ass, as they were riding, saw the angel of the Lord standing against them. And he had his sword drawn. So the the ass was able to see this and turned and went off the path. Uh, Balaam got upset and started whipping, whipping the animal. And the angel of the Lord stood in the path when it took a different route, tried to go through the vineyard. Well, the angel of the Lord stood there. And that the ass saw this and, and was putting himself up against the walls and, and it was a narrow passage and it didn't want to go because it was able to see the angel. And finally, it, it threw itself down on the ground because it had no place to go and it was not going to go against the angel of God. So the ass threw itself down on the ground. Well, Balaam got angry and he took a staff and he was, he was beating this, this animal and God gave utterance to the ass. And they said, why are you doing this? Why are you beating on me that I've been with you for all these years and, and going? What have I done? And, of course, Balaam had a conversation with the ass. And threatened it, said, if I had only had a sword, I'd kill you. But then the Lord came and opened. The scales fell from Balaam's eyes and he was able to see the angel that stood opposing him. And the angel then spoke and said, it was good that your ass saved your life because had you come against me, I would have killed you. He would have smote him with his sword. That's why he had it drawn. And I saying this because, and, and going this direction, because a lot of times we do that very thing. God has direction. God gives us direction. And sometimes, as that song, I love the song this young, young woman sings, let me have faith that the detour is the road. Here's the other thing that we have to remember, brothers and sisters, that it might not be the path that we want to take, but it's the path that God has taken us on and we have to have faith in him. Let me remind you again. I'm gonna, here I go getting a little anecdotal. I'm in a position now where I never thought I'd be. I was pretty comfortable in my worldly ways and my stuff and my signature could get me many things all temporal things. But God has allowed certain things to interfere with the path that I thought I should be on. And he took me on a detour. And that detour has been kind of rough. And unfortunately, allowing my worldly mind to take me in a direction 
I have consequences. We all have consequences. And at that time, I was not the man of God that I should have been and that he intended for me to be. Had I been and stayed true to his word and faith, I believe firmly that things would be much different. However, this detour is the road God intended for me. And I have faith in my Lord, sovereign God Almighty. I believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son. And I desire to walk closer to my God. And the demons, the serpents, the scorpions, the Chaldeans, those vile creatures that come from the army of Satan that come against me. And trust me, brothers and sisters, when I share this with you, the closer I walk and the more that I pour into the word and share with you all there, they come hard. But you know what? I'm fighting. I'm fighting because that is what I'm supposed to do. I will not let them knock me off the path. I will not let them separate me from my Lord God Almighty. I will not let them carry away what I allow them to have. And that's the only thing. Remember this. They cannot steal anything from you, physically wrest it from you. If you open your hands and you let them carry it away, then they can steal it from you. And that's theft. But that's because you gave it up. Do not give up. Stay strong. Stay upright. Stay true. Do not step down. Do not step aside. Do not uh, confront. You don't have to do that. None of that is necessary. But if you step down, that's cowardice. If you step aside and compromise, and yeah, well, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way because, you know, the, the word, the Bible's kind of harsh. Let me, let me rephrase it. No. Stay true, steadfast, and straight up. But the word of God says it's an abomination. It's an abomination. Stay true to the word of God, period. You don't step aside and apologize for God. God doesn't need us to apologize. Brothers and sisters, he's true to us. Stay true to him. Keep the faith, brothers and sisters. Keep the faith. Be strong. I'm going to share something further with you as well because we talked about this person, Ruth. Ruth. She was from Moab. Those that... Israel came with and went with. And during that time that Balak was trying to get Balaam to come and curse the people. And Balaam then encountered the angel on the path. And God gave utterance to the ass that he was riding on. And then the angel, Balaam went back to where he came from. He couldn't go farther. He was not going to curse the people that God had already blessed. That would not have been good. But the point that I'm getting to that is that the arrogance of man, thinking that that they can can offer uh, wealth and and all these things and, and wherever the mind is for those things, if your heart is in that and not with God, then of course you're gonna succumb to the bribery. And sadly, there are men and women that, are claiming to be elders of a church and claiming to be Christian, which incidentally the mean the word means Christ-like. How Christ-like is it to take a bribe and put your mind on money 
instead of on the people, instead of on the truth. And there are those that do that very thing, brothers and sisters, that they claim to be these things, but yet they take money. And they find it easy to take money from their congregation when they claim that it's the tithe of God and that it's the appropriate thing that people do, but they take their portion instead of relying on God to provide their needs. God knows our needs, brothers and sisters, not our wants and desires. We have wants and desires. God does not fault us for that, but he provides our needs and allowing our wants to override our faith in God and the provision of our needs, that's the fault. That's the mistake. And that's the error. But back to Ruth. Ruth came from Moab. And during the time that there was uh, famine and drought and things that were going on, that they went, there were there were men that took their wives and their and children and family, and they went. Moab was very wealthy and rich and streams, and they had things. So some people went, and they resided there. And in that place, they had married, but they stayed faithful to their to God. Um, the problem that God had with Israel was that. Um, during the time of Balaam and Balak that Israel came and they they were whoring with women of Moab and then they started to worship false gods. They started to take and eat of the sacrifices that were uh, that were blessed to the alt- on the altars of the false gods and and that's what kindled God's anger against Israel. And that, but we have Ruth. Ruth, on the other hand, when those men of Israel and Naomi's husband died, and her daughter's husbands di- or her sons died, and and the daughters who were of Moab, she sent them back to her people. But Ruth, Ruth, stayed with Naomi. And she promised Naomi that she would stay with her and that she would not leave her. And she told her, and this is in Ruth chapter 116. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. So she denounced anything that she may have been raised in, the false teachings, the false gods, the false doctrines, and the sacrificing to them. And she said to Naomi, we'll go back to Israel, We'll go back to your home. We'll go back to where you came from. Bethlehem, Judah. Interesting. They went back to Bethlehem. And she had faith. She came to know God. She came to know our sovereign Lord God. And she would tell Naomi that I will not leave you. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God, I will have faith 
and your God becoming our God, rather than so many times vice versa. And I come back through to Ruth because it's a thing called redemption. Ruth was from a land that during that time of Balaam and Balak, Israel allowed to infest and infiltrate their thoughts for false doctrines, false teaching, false idols, and it made God angry. But here you have this woman, Ruth, because of the compassion in her softness in her heart. She stayed with Naomi. She went back to Israel with Naomi. And she swore that she would not leave her side and she would then take God to be her sovereign Lord. She repented. Remember, brothers and sisters, the word repentance means changing one's mind. Okay? So we have to be mindful of that. And there are times where we're making a walk and we have to repent for that. We have to change our mind and change our direction of march. And sometimes God will do that for us. And we have to have faith that that detour is the road. My faith in my God tells me that my walk right now is where exactly where I'm supposed to be. And God knows what my needs are. And trust me in this, brothers and sisters, he does indeed. There are times where my pantry seems to, or the goods in my pantry seem to multiply, I guess would be a good word, because if I consumed the way that people normally do, I should be out and I should be having to go grocery shopping much more frequently than what I'm doing. God provides my needs, brothers and sisters. He can provide all of our needs, not our wants, our needs. But don't get me wrong on this either, brothers and sisters, because God loves us. He's a good father. And seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things shall be given unto you. God does not mind providing sometimes the desires of our heart, but let's be realistic about it, okay? Not sit there and say, God, I'm going to do this for you, but man, I'd sure like a Lamborghini. And No, realism is, God, you know the desires of my heart. You know that there are certain things that I, I really like, and, you know, I'm just doing And, you know, before you know it, <laughs> before you know it, it's there and happening. Brothers and sisters, I know that God has me in his arms. And I pray daily for you, my children, my grandchildren. I think I may have shared briefly something about that. But it doesn't make any difference because they're my children. They're my seed. I pray for them daily. I pray for the shadow of the wings of my Lord God Almighty to be cover their house cover my children and grandchildren. I love them greatly. They are my seed. I have love for them that just can't be counted. But not only that earthly love is a father, but that higher love that I talk about. Because 
if I just relied on earthly, I'd be angry, I'd be upset, I'd be frustrated and agitated because there are things that are being perpetrated that shouldn't be done, but that doesn't make any difference. They're my children, my grandchildren, and I pray for them always. I pray for you always. I don't know many of you. Some of you that are listening, I know personally. And there are others I've never met you, but that doesn't make any difference. You are my brothers and my sisters, and God created all of us. And color skin does not make a difference. It is a character of the heart, brothers and sisters. If you seek the knowledge and wisdom of God and you believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son, brothers and sisters, he created all of us. He created all of us. And our purpose is all the same. The marching orders might be a little different. Some of us are blessed with good mathematical skills and take care of books for church or speaking and on up behind the pulpit. Many different things. Do not compare yourself to another Christian or what another person's walk is because that's not your determination to make. God's decided. Be hungry for the word of God. Seek his face. Seek his truth. Seek his wisdom in all things. God is our provider. He is Adonai. He is our Lord God. He is our sovereign God. He is El Shaddai, all-sufficient, our almighty God. You know, I shared with you that God has many names. And all of the, all of the names, I have a list that I wrote down that I took from the, the word of God. I have a list that I made for the different names that he has. And one thing that I noticed in going through this is that all of these names are the character of God. They're not just a name that are made up by a people. They are descriptive of his character. And the character of God is that he is a good, good father. He is a loving God. He is a protecting God. He is a forgiving God. And probably most importantly, he is a faithful God. And the songs that came from old school church, great is thy faithfulness, Lord God, my Father. The new mercies that are seen every single day, and understand this, brothers and sisters, that grace from God is given by him of what we don't deserve. The mercies that we will see are those things that are held back by God that we do deserve. Do you think that we deserve to be just because of our actions and how some of the egregious things that we do toward one another and many of us have walked with our back toward God and walk backwards through life because we don't pay attention to what he said and you think that it's just automatic that God grants all these things. That's his mercy, allowing us to have what we don't deserve or 
Every morning I get up and I thank God for the grace that he has given me the breath to draw, but more importantly, that he blesses me to bless others and that I share that with him. And I must remind them that I am a conduit of Lord God and that I am blessed because he blesses me to do that. And in doing that, I get a blessing. It's, it's so great. It is so awesome, brother and sister, to be able to share this word with you and share these things from the word of God, the truth. And brothers and sisters, some things that I gave you food for thought on these things, like the caduceus and the thought that comes from mythological deities, false gods. And that there are some, those that put their trust and faith in that and have misinterpreted thinking that the false god is one thing when it's absolutely representative of something completely different. Like I've shared, just because you call a cheetah a leopard doesn't make it so. Brothers and sisters, I love you all. You have a blessed day. Thank you for the opportunity for sharing with you. Lord God Almighty, thank you for the opportunity for this thing that you have allowed me to do, that you made happen. I just simply asked, and you agreed that it's a good way. Thank you, Father. Yahweh, Amen. Yahshua, Amen. Parakletos, Amen. All are praiseworthy, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praiseworthy. The word aman means praiseworthy. Amen means so be it. Just some food for thought out there. And I like to use that word aman because indeed praiseworthy our Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters. Thank you.